that sports fans, it's time for Strong Style, Impact Media's weekly dive off the top rope into the world of mixed martial arts and professional wrestling. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Man, we got to talk money in the bank. We got to talk forbidden door. And that's not even the fighting. There's so much fighting to talk about. Plus, it's International Fight Week. Happy International Fight Week to you all. I'll be honest. Today's events just, uh, I don't know, everything kind of turned weird. It's kind of feeling like a villain right before I come on with you guys. Nothing wrong with being a villain. Just ask Marty Skrull, one of the best. By the way, we need to get Marty on. So if anybody knows Marty Skrull, Skrull then um, uh, reach out to him and say you need to be on Strong Style. He is one of the most requested people to be on this show. Uh, Marty would love to have you on, buddy. Really would. Uh, but what kind of, uh, you know, sometimes it's okay to be a vi- to be the villain in order to get the job done. Unless you're not doing anything nefarious, things like that. But unfortunately for the villainous world, my mood changed around when I remembered we're recording Strong Style today. And I can't do that to you guys. Plus, I'm actually in a chipper mood still. So earlier events notwithstanding, and everything's good, by the way. Uh, because the thing plugging me is about to take a big break. So, either way, welcome to the show. <laughs> Again, I, I've got the funniest looks coming from uh, producer Sassy right now. Everything's good, Sassy. I promise you. Uh, but we are going to get into uh, the world of fighting and uh, fighting, mixed martial arts, you know, professional wrestling, all that. After I tell you guys how to be a part of this show. And, of course, you can do that by emailing the show, 3endzone at gmail.com. That is the number 3, E-N-D-Z-O-N-E, at gmail.com. That is the blanket email for Impact Media. If you send us any sort of message or request or question there, uh, we will see it, and there is a 98% chance that it is me that responds. It is a 100% chance that I read it. Some of you guys send stuff that doesn't need replies. You just uh, say you like the show or uh, uh, you really liked a segment we did or something, which we definitely appreciate. But that's how you can email the show. You can search for us on Facebook, whether you search Impact Media or Strong Style. You should be able to find this show. If you are a person who likes to click on a link and listen to a show. Well, then you can go to Twitter. Click on at Team Impact Media and scroll down to the appropriate show and click on it and listen as many times as you like. There is no cap on that. And in case those links don't work, let me know. We, sometimes we have to update the link. Sometimes the link just doesn't work. We'll give you a whole new link. Also, if you want to follow me for show-related things and uh, just fun things that I think people might be interested in that I'm a part of or that I see, you can follow me personally at TheImpact99 on Twitter, Triller, TikTok, and Instagram. And as always, you can find us anywhere you find a podcast, including Podcast One, Spotify, and the iTunes Store. Once again, today's events tried to turn me into a villain. I'm just in too good of a mood. Plus, we get to talk about professional wrestling and MMA today. And it's International Fight Week, as I said. So you can't do it today, world. You're going to have to try harder tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday. It's really, really hard to put me in a bad mood on a Friday. Uh, so let's let's jump straight into the PFL, who had uh, week number six, otherwise known as week number three in Atlanta, last of the regular season. And it did not disappoint. Let's start right there with the main event as Olivier Aubin Mercier took on fellow Canadian countryman Anthony Romero. Hey, first off, I got to give it to Romero. Romero had a game plan outside of the incidental headbutts that plagued the uh, the second round into the third, or not into the third, the second round a little bit. 
uh, Romero seemed to he he had Olivier Alvin Mercier a little tagged early on, and uh, really did a good job. And then 28 seconds into round number three, Alvin Mercier uh, catches him with a knee, and uh, it's lights out for Mr. Romero. Great win for uh, Olivier Alvin Mercier. I'm going to get the final standings up here in a minute. But first, we're going to go over all the fights. Well, we're going to go over the we're going to go over the, the main card. Cuz there was a lot, a lot of fights. Uh up next, great win for Aubin Mercier. Um he is actually one who he made a comment about his observation of a previous night's fight, and uh, we will get into that um, shortly. We'll get into that in um, just a few minutes. Just know that it's coming. Uh, the co-main event, Sadabu C. The C or Sai? I think it, either way, Sadabu Sai. Uh, against Shane Mitchell. Shane Mitchell actually had a solid game plan as well. Sadabu kept going for this spinning heel kick. And it's a heel kick because he leads with his heel, which is one of the hardest parts of your foot. If you're going you know, to kick a door in, you either use the ball of your foot or the heel of your foot. Those are two of the hardest parts of your foot. And uh, he threw it three, four, five different times. But the last time he threw it, a minute 35 into round number three, it was healed to the temple and lights out Mr. Mitchell. That almost rhymes. Uh, no game plan could have, compared, uh, could have prepared you for that. And it was just, uh, Sadabu earlier in the night had said, hey, I'm going to give you a, uh, a viral knockout. Yeah. For one, he knew he was going for that kick. But, uh, wow, it was, uh, we were up on the third deck in the media row watching that, and it was incredible live, just incredible. And Sadabu is fantastic to talk to. I hope to put some of those chats, uh, some of those media scrums that we did, uh, post-match press conferences and such, some of those up. Unfortunately, some of them use some choice language, and I'm having to edit some of it, so... Uh, it, it is what it is on that, but uh, some great chats we had with a lot of the winners and other people. Uh, you'll be getting those shortly. Um, congratulations to Shane Burgos, who got the unanimous decision win over Yamato Nishikawa. Um, and Burgos actually benefits from uh, from something coming up. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, fourth matchup was Magomed, Magomed Karamov who took on David Sawada. These are former training partners. These guys these guys have uh, uh, just trained before. I mean, that's, I mean, they don't regularly train, but uh, before they've been sparring partners and things like that. Um, unlike something else, once again, that we'll talk about in a minute, it's controversial with this. Uh, Magomed Karamov had no problem knocking out David Sawada. Uh, just smashed him about four minutes into round number one. And uh, and propelled himself to, I believe, the number one seed. We will get into that shortly. A lot of stuff coming up. Magomed Umlatov gets the unanimous decision win over Naib Lopez. I, man, Lopez is a super, super tough guy. Uh, but Umlatov uh, definitely did way more damage and controlled the fight, so he gets the win. But Naib Lopez, man, that guy... That guy could could be a force down the road. And um, Clay Collard gets the round two knockout of Stevie Ray. Boy, he called him, and, and uh, Cassius Clay Collard reminded people why he's called Cassius Clay. Uh, his chat was great, too. I uh, hate it for Stevie Ray. But uh, Stevie Ray also took off the gloves, and as of now, it is officially unofficial that um, I've followed a lot of his posts since. Stevie Ray has hung up the gloves, 
He says he is retired unless the PFL decides to go to Scotland and he says he wants to fight in his home country of Scotland. Uh, he's never gotten to do that, so he would come back for a big fight or something like that. But uh, for now, he's going back to running Braveheart MMA. And he said he hadn't been able to focus on all of that because he's been training for fights and things like that. But now that that is out of the way, he is here to build that gym into uh, one of the greatest around so that other people can benefit. And I, I think that's great. And in fact, Stevie, if you, if you happen to listen to this, uh, if there is a, a way that uh, people can help you out, whether it's donations or just telling people about it or uh, however, uh, let me know. We'll post it up on all the official uh, show boards and things like that. And, uh, you know, if there's a, a link or something like that on how people can donate, or uh, maybe take trips to come train with you or whatever it is, then uh, just let us know. Um, other fights in the night, Carlos Leal gets the TKO over Delano Taylor. I mean, knock your stuff. Round two, minute 13 in. I'm going to come back to the next fight. There's a reason. Uh, Bruno Miranda with the split decision win over Alexander Martinez. He finds himself in the playoffs, I believe. Uh, good fight. I really thought Martinez was going to bring it a little more to him, but Bruno Miranda could fight, and he built up a pretty good lead point-wise, I believe, and it made Martinez have to fight uphill, and he just uh, wasn't able to overcome it. Solomon Renfro gets his TKO win over Jara Al-Salawi. Solomon Renfro, man. That dude has a personality and a half. He was not playing it up either. I mean, he was dressed uh, in a in a casual suit. He had the rose coming out of his inside pocket. Uh, he uh, had the glasses. He he very much. He wasn't playing it up. I think this is really his personality and uh, super super amazing guy. He trains with uh, Shane Burgos, which uh, could be fun. They're in the same division, but uh, they they won't face this year. Um. Brian Zercher with a big TKO win over Mike Bardsley. Brian was really fun to talk to as well. And Abdullah Al-Katani with the submission win. The only submission of the night, I believe. He opened it up with a submission win over Lamar Brown. Um, Abdullah's chat's really fun. I can't wait to put that one up for you guys. But let's go back to the fight that I am talking about. Nathan Schulte took on best friend... Training partner, Roush Monfio. And uh, Monfio and Schulte are this good of friends that they are the godfathers of each other's children. This thing goes three rounds. It looks not even like a glorified, not even like a glorified um, sparring match. Uh, they kind of traded a couple little taps in the in the first round. Second and third round was Schulte just trying to wrestle Monfio and try to uh, kind of defeat him that way. Unanimous decision win to Schulte. And as I said, Olivier Aubin Mercier during his post fight press conference, and it will be part when I post it, uh, he said uh, it looked a little fishy, was the way he said it. He, he didn't necessarily say staged or planned. It was a word he used. I can't remember the exact word now. But he kind of said, you know, that's kind of weird. Like, uh, like they kind of played it out on purpose. So, you know, didn't really damage each other and just kind of went through the motions. He said, no, friend or not, you should you should compete. And that's what we're here to do is compete. And that seemed to partially, besides everybody else talking about, that seemed to tip off the PFL to investigate into it a little bit. And they officially made a ruling that Schulte and Monfio would get zero points for the night and be disqualified from further competition, suspended or whatever, for the remainder of the season. Interesting, right? Interesting. So, so when we look at uh, the lightweight division, now that Schulte and Monfio... Uh, the, the points were taken away. 
here's how the lightweight division looks. You get Clay Collard as number one. We'll face number four, Shane Burgos. They get Shane Burgos in. He was promoted. He was the fifth guy. So when you take Schulte out of the top four, it uh, it pretty much puts Shane into it, which is fine. A lot of people say, well, they just tried to find a way to get Shane in. They're also promoters, and it's also their company. So I don't think they did anything nefarious to do this, but out of the people they could have put into it, uh, it definitely makes more sense. It definitely makes more sense to put in Shane Burgos than uh, to, to fight in his home of New York than uh, some of the other ones. Because the only other ones... Honestly, the only other people they could put in is Monfield or Schulte. Who else were they supposed to put in? Martinez had zero points. Nishikawa, zero points. Stevie Ray, zero points. Anthony Romero, zero points. So I don't I don't see that this, I mean, maybe not suspend them, but maybe, I don't know. It's Once again, it's, it's their call, and I don't have a problem with what they did. I just, uh, I just say we run with it. And Clay Collar versus Shane Burgos is going to be a war. Not to be outdone, Bruno Miranda is the three seed. is going to take on the reigning, defending, undisputed lightweight champion, last year's champion, Olivier Albin-Mercier. That is going to be spectacular. Uh, obviously, week one will be in, I think, San Antonio or Houston. It's in Texas. I think it's in San Antonio. Weeks two and three of the playoffs will be in New York, and I believe the final is going to be in New York as well. Uh, featherweights, you're going to get number one Bubba Jenkins against Jesus Pinedo, the four seed. That's going to be fun. Bubba's going to really try to use his wrestling there. Jesus is going to try to counter that with some good striking. Gabriel Braga is going to take on Movlid Kobulov, Kobulayev, rather, uh, who had an entertaining and interesting answer when I ask him about his hobbies. Once again, I'll, I'll post some of those up. Uh, Movlid is going to want to control it on the feet, but if it goes to the ground, him and Braga could do some really, really good grappling. I think that's going to be fun. Um, in the off chance that something happens to somebody in the top four, Chris Wade would be the, he's the five seed at the moment. And Brendan Lockman would actually be number six. Those, it would be one of the two of them would step in. It would be Chris Wade first. Uh, that's, that's two interesting alternates to have. Barring any injuries. I mean, if they have injuries, they can't be in. But uh, I'm pretty sure Chris Wade and Lockman are pretty good at the moment. We go to heavyweight. Dennis Goltsoff. The perfect 2-0 and and 12 points. It's going to take on Jordan Heiderman. Heiderman, he's got that power, but Goldsov is a bad, bad man who realizes he gets paid by the fight, not by the minute, and usually gets out of there pretty quick. Heiderman is either going to need to find his shot early or going to need to try to wake Goldsov out a little bit. Um, I, would, I would go for the early. I don't think you're going to wait him out. Henan Ferreira. Going to take on Marcelo Nunes. That is Brazil on Brazil. Fighting right there. Uh, Hainan can use his range. He is uh, a good bit taller than Nunes. He can use his range to try to keep Nunes at bay. Uh, if it gets to grappling and, and wrestling uh, and, and the submission game, it could be a very entertaining fight. But if it stays on the feet, I, I give Hainan uh, uh, Ferreira uh, the, a really, really good chance. Go to the light heavyweights. Number one seed, Josh Silvera. He's going to take on Ty Flores. Flores is going to... Uh, he, he's, uh, as long as the weight cut goes pretty well in this one, he did get... Uh, he did have issues before, but... Uh, as long as the weight cut goes okay, he's going to give Silvera a pretty good run, I think. And then uh, the other one, the other matchup in the light heavyweight division is going to be Martin Hamlet against Impa Kasaganek. That one is going to be a battle. Hamlet is going to be more strategic with his strikes. Kasagane is going to be uh, slinging. He's going to be gunslinging. Oh, let's say, yeah, Andrew Sanchez would probably be the alternate there. 
your alternates in the heavyweight division, Maurice Green would be the five seed, and then a handful of other people have some uh, some points. I know uh, Delia would be out because of his injury, but uh, Danilo Marquez or Martinez Scheifel, if Maurice Green can't go, would uh, shake things up as well. Uh, lightweight, I already told you about. Weather, welterweight, Magomed, Magomed Karamov is going to take on fellow Dagestani countrymen and training partner and good friend, Magomed Ublatov. Yeah, I doubt we get a Monfio Schulte result here. I really doubt we do. Uh, and then the other, I think we're going to get two guys just drop the hammer on each other. And I give the slight advantage to Magomed Karamov, although Ublatov can easily end this uh, if need be. Carlos Leal and Sadabu C are the is the other matchup. Uh, that's a striker's battle dream. Sadabu is going to try to use those kicks to keep his distance, but if it gets in close, Carlos Leal is not the two seed by accident. Uh, looks like Solomon Renfro is the backup. And Naive Lopez would be the sixth seed if you needed two alternates. Let's go to women's featherweight. Larissa Pacheco is your number one seed. She gets the rematch from last year with Olena Kolesnik. I'll be honest, Pacheco does have the aggression and the speed and the striking advantage, and especially if it goes to the ground, but the difference in Elena Kolesnik from last year to this year and watching she's worked on a lot of her game. I do. Uh, she has a better chance this year than last year. She can't. I think she can't try to take it to Pacheco, but she can't lay back too much because if you let Larissa take advantage and, and control the fight, then it's over as well. Um Pacheco, the big favorite, but I don't discount Elena. Find it, find it away. Marina uh, Magnakina is going to take on Ander Labrock. That should be fun. We didn't get to see Amber do much because Risa Pacheco completely dominated that fight early. But uh, she's got the long reach and, and the long legs and ability to kick you from far out. So Marina's going to want to get in there and dirty box and, and maybe even take it to the ground where Amber is going to want to keep that distance and probably strike a lot more. And your number five seed would be Aspen Ladd, who if somebody were to fall out because of injury or whatever, that's not a bad one to have backup. After that would be Julia Budd and Evelyn Martins. Man, that's exciting. That is quite the exciting card. I guess I could have just looked it straight up off of that. I see that now. Uh, thanks, Producer Sunshine, for pointing that out. Uh, let's go to the UFC. We're going to go real quickly on these. Um, this past weekend, everything was on ESPN, ESPN Plus, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Ilya Tapuria gets a unanimous decision win over Josh Emmett in a five-round battle. I think Ilya really wanted to get Josh Emmett out of there, really wanted to end this one early, and Emmett is just, he'll just take the meat and potatoes. He'll, he'll just, I mean, just, he just stood in there and took some shots. He had the power to keep him in, and I think that's why the ref didn't stop it in certain moments. But other than that, a uh, really good fight. For Josh Emmett, I think... He didn't ask my opinion, but I got to agree with with some of the opinions that I've seen from others as well. Um, I don't know that he is a title contender, at least right now, but there are a lot of high-profile fights that he could still get some solid paychecks and solid work in if he wanted to take those. And that's not saying he couldn't get a couple wins and be right back in the picture, but Ilya Tapuria is now 14-0, and and if I was the featherweight champ, I would be looking over my shoulder for him. Uh, Macy Barber with the massive TKO over Amanda Hivas. Uh These two went to war. Hibas got busted up pretty good in the first round. Macy Barber took some pretty good shots in the second. They were bloody messes by the end of this one. And three minutes, 42 seconds in round number two, Macy Barber proves to everyone why she might be the next lady up the roster. Uh, 
I mean, she should at least be ranked somewhere in the, you know, it's what, she's top 15? She should be top 10, in my opinion, after that performance, because Amanda Hebos is no slouch. But um, great for Barber. I think Hebos will rebound and be fine. But uh, Macy Barber is somebody that the UFC could uh, do pretty well promoting. Austin Lane and Justin Taffa ended up in a no contest when 29 seconds in. Unfortunately, Austin Lane uh, got about half a finger into the eye socket of uh, Justin Taffa accidentally. It was absolutely accidentally. It was a no contest. Uh, Taffa couldn't see out of his right eye, no matter how much uh, Mergliata kept asking. He said, well, I'm going to give you the full five minutes. After about the fifth time, he said, I can't see out of that eye. Then I, you call that fight. But... You know, he said, I, I know, I understand he wants to see if it was going to come back. But at the same time, uh, if I'm a referee and a fighter telling me I can't see, I'm going to have a doctor go in there and look at it. If he can't see, it's, it's, I'm calling. I got to, it could be a no contest, but I got to call it. Uh, it was unfortunate because uh, it, it was start, it was just starting off and doing pretty good. But uh, matchup number four, David Onama gets the TKO win over Gabriel Santos. It was a good shot. Good shot finished off. And and uh, that's another feather, featherweight that was uh, really put on the show. And uh, I'll mention a couple of these. Uh, Brendan Allen with the great submission over Bruno Silva uh, towards the end of round number one. Bruno Silva is really good. And Brendan Allen slapped that submission on like a man with a plan, and his plan worked. Uh, other big wins, split decision win for Neil Magny over Phil Rowe. I thought this, it was a really good fight. It was really close. That's why it's a split decision. But it, I thought maybe Phil had some advantages at times, but Neil definitely finished the fight on top, and, and that's that's what it ended up being. Uh, Randy Brown, unanimous decision over Wellington Turman. Great, great name, by the way. Mateus Rebecca with the TKO of uh, Loic Radzibov. Tabitha Ricci, unanimous decision win over Julian Robertson. Uh, I wish these two could fight more often. I know you don't normally do that, but uh, Ricci is definitely somebody on the way up, but Julian Robertson still has that fight, still has that passion, that fire. Uh, she could still do some really good things, too. And, uh, man, that women's strawweight division is uh, is really, really starting to, to – the roster is deep. Uh couple other good fights in there, but just go back and watch on ESPN Plus if you get the chance. Uh, just spectacular, spectacular stuff. Uh, UFC Fight Night this weekend on ES- uh, main card on ESPN. It's the whole thing on ESPN. The whole thing is on ESPN and ESPN Plus. Let's go. Main event, we'll see Sean Strickland at a minus 150 favorite against Abus Magomedov. Plus 125. Uh, Sean Strickland, man, he needs the big win. I don't think he necessarily needs it. He's still one of those big dominant forces in the middleweight division. But uh, Magomedov, this, I mean, it's pretty close to being an even split. Most people are going to probably take the plus 125 with Magomedov. Give me Sean Strickland. He likes to walk people down, march people down, and I think he's going to march Magomedov into the cage. That is when Sean Strickland is at his best. I will take Sean Strickland. In the co-main event, Demir is Magulov. He's going to, at a minus 110, he's going to take on Grant Dawson in the lightweight division. He's also a minus 110. Yep, get the coin out. Um, while I agree with most that Demir is Magulov has uh, the better name, give me Grant Dawson to pick up the win in this one. Just feel like Grant is going to uh, get it done. I think it's, I think it's probably going to be on the feet. Matchup number three: Max Griffin at a plus two hundred five is going to take on Michael Morales at a minus two fifty in the welterweight division. Give me, give me the favorite, Michael Morales. Um, it's probably going to go to decision, I believe. But uh, these, Max and Michael, are, are going to bring it. They're going to put on a show. This is going to be a really, really fun fight. Might be one of the top fight, or might be the top fight of the main card. That's it, number four. Ariane Lipsky at plus 190 against a minus 230 favorite of Melissa Gatto. Women's flyweight division there. Uh, give me Ariane Lipsky. 
I think she is on a big roll, and I think she is uh, going to get the win over Gatto. I feel like the finish is going to be on the ground. I'm not sure if it's ground to pound. I'm not sure exactly how. I just think Lipsy's going to get it done on the ground. And then finally in the main card, Ismael Bonfim at a minus 330 favorite against a plus 260 dog and... Uh, Benoit Saint-Denis, as I get to get my high school French back out for that one, I hope I did your name justice. Lightweight battle there. Give me Bonfim. There's a reason why he is a, he is a bigger favorite like that. Uh, Saint-Denis is a great fighter, but Bonfim is riding that wave. There are some, uh, some other fun fights in there. Where is uh, Yana Santos against Carol Rosa? And the women's featherweight, that's going to be really fun. That's uh, about two-thirds of the way down the card. And uh, Alexander Romanov against uh, Blagoy Ivanov. Romanov, the slight favorite at min minus 135, plus 115 for Blagoy. I just like Alexander Romanov in the heavyweight. They're leading the show off with two heavyweights. Fireworks early. Plus, in an international fight week, it sounds like it's international fight week. Isn't that right? This week, because you'll get this one, and maybe next week is international fight week, because it leads straight into UFC 290, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Yair Rodriguez. We'll talk more about that one next week. And then lastly, don't want to leave the Bellator crowd out of it. As Bellator, is it this week or next week? Bellator has an event this Friday. That's tomorrow. Hopefully today if you listen to it on a Friday. But we are going to get, this is part of the Ryzen versus Bellator. Our main event, your main event. Patricky Pitbull against AJ McKee in the Lightweight World Grand Prix. Bring your popcorn. This could go all five rounds. Give me, man, A.J. McKee only has the one loss. He's 21-0, but Patricky Pitbull is that guy, especially in the lightweight division. Oof. Give me Patricky Pitbull to find a way to give A.J. McKee his second loss of his career. Not sure how we'll, uh, we'll figure that out down the road. Uh, Kyoji Horiguchi from Bellator is going to take on Makoto Shinrie in the flyweight, for the flyweight world title. Uh, I like Horiguchi's chances in this one because I'm more familiar with him, but Makoto I looked him up at 16-1 and 1 um, is now he, he is 10 pounds lighter than Horiguchi, 135 to 125. They're both from Japan. They probably know each other. From the, uh, the MMA circles. And um, just the, the weight advantage alone. I'm going to go Horiguchi. But I think he is going to control more of the striking. And find a way to get the win. Danny Sabatello is going to take on Magomed Magomedov. In a Bantamweight feature fight. Um, normally, you try to pick anybody named Magomed. But in this case, I like Danny Sabatello. His last couple fights and hearing a lot of interviews with him, I really like this kid. He is out of American Top Team, out of South Florida. Um, I just think that if uh, Magomed Magomedov is going to get a loss, his fourth loss, Danny Sabatello is going to wrestle him to the ground and finish, maybe finish him there. It could be decision. I'm going to say decision, but give me Sabatello over Magomedov. Kane Watanabe is going to take on Veda Ortega in a women's flyweight feature fight. Give me Watanabe. Give me Watanabe. Uh, I just think she, she just has a better package of skills than Ortega. And I think Watanabe is going to try to finish this uh, either late second or early third. That's just my opinion. Uh, and then lastly, in the main card, Andre Korshkov 
is taking on Lorenz Larkin in a welterweight feature fight. Lorenz Larkin is that dude a lot of times, but uh, give me Krishkov to probably get the decision win. This is pretty down the middle, but probably get the decision win there. Uh, like I said, you're going to get Ryzen versus Bellator. Uh, I think it's a lot of the undercard. You, you have the one matchup, uh, on, uh, the Horiguchi versus Shinryu on the main card. But uh, I, I definitely I like these crossover things like this. Um, PFL can't do it before because of their format. UFC doesn't need doesn't make sense for them to do it because they're big enough to have all that. But, uh, you know, if one championship wanted to do a dual event with um, I don't know, Eagle Fighting or, or one of those. I think that'd be really cool too. Um, should be should be a really oh wait, that's not even wow, that's not till July 30th that event, so that'll shape up um, that's not, yeah, that's not this Friday, that's almost a month, that is a solid month away but that is going to be a killer killer event uh, so let's let's jump into let's jump into the world of professional wrestling. And instead of talking about Raw or SmackDown stuff, I'm uh, going to preview Money in the Bank. This is coming up this weekend. I believe it's on Saturday. It's on Saturday, Saturday, July the first in London, England, the O2 Arena. What a great place! Uh, here are the matches. We're going to get the men's Money in the Bank ladder match for a chance at a championship contract. You get Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul. I tell you, Logan's going to have some of the better moments of the match, so is Butch and probably Ricochet. Um, LA Knight is a solid performer. Escobar is really good, but to me, this comes down to Nakamura or Damian Priest. Those are the guys that if they had a Money in the Bank briefcase that that contract that they could cash in at any point for a world title shot those are the two that make the most sense um don't know if priest or nakamura make better sense to cash in on seth or to cash in on uh roman but uh, those are my picks nakamura or priest to win that that's gonna be a fun match it always is a lot of high spots Expect about half of them to miss next week because they're going to be dinged up. In the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, you have Zelina Vega, you have Becky Lynch, you have Zoe Stark, Bailey, her teammate Io Sky, and Ageless Wonder, and veteran Trish Stratus. I'll tell you right now, Trish is going to win. Doesn't make sense. Io Sky, probably not. Zoe Stark, thanks for coming. Zelina Vega, eh, no. This comes down to Bailey or Becky Lynch. The thing that could hold up Becky Lynch from winning is Zoe Stark and Trish Stratus, who she is in kind of a uh, feud with. So my absolute number one pick is Bailey, uh, but Becky Lynch would, would be a, a great alternative. Other than that, I don't think the rest of them have enough momentum. Uh, but give me Bailey. Bailey with the Money in the Bank contract makes total, total sense. Um, Cody Rhodes is going to take on Dominic Mysterio with his mommy, Rhea Ripley, at ringside. Uh, this is going to be good. It's going to put Dominic on the map and really show that he is a, a, a real mechanic and a, a real good wrestler. Cody's going to really bring out some good stuff in him. But Cody needs a good, solid win on a pay-per-view, and Dominic Mysterio is going to be just that. Uh, we're going to get Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler defending the Women's Tag Team Championships against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez. I don't know. I, I thought um, Isla Dawn and Albafire as Women's Tag Team Champions were way more entertaining. But they easily stripped the, them of those belts and... Uh, combined them with Rousey and Baszler. It just it made better sense for that team to go back and forth between NXT and Raw and SmackDown defending them. Uh, Rousey and Baszler are not going back and forth. They're sure not going back to NXT to defend anything. And uh, if Liv Morgan and Raquel do it, eh, they, they could go back to NXT. 
at some point, you know, just travel around. But it just, I don't know. This whole thing is just a cluster. And uh, if Morgan and Raquel win, that would be great. I'm a fan of all all the women involved there. Um, you know, if Liv wouldn't have got hurt, they probably would have had a better title run. Maybe they get back to him. Who knows? Uh, in the match that could steal the card, even though I think the last one I'm going to mention probably will, Gunther is going to defend his Intercontinental Championship against Matt Riddle. Um, I'm not a big Matt Riddle fan. Uh, I enjoy his work. I respect him. I'm not going to go out of my way to buy a Matt Riddle shirt, you know, things like that. But then again, I don't buy a lot of wrestling merch nowadays. Uh, I got way too much of it in storage. Maybe I'll start getting rid of some of it. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Matt Riddle is a solid performer. Like I said, I respect his in-ring ability. Uh, his kind of surfer mentality is kind of cool. It's different. Nobody else is like that. Uh, he's like, um, I can't really call him clean because he popped on a, a PED test, but he's um, he's like Jeff Hardy w- without substances. Can we say that? Has a lot of fun things he does in the ring, really gets the crowd into it, you know. But uh, Gunther's going to win this match. And I still stand by the fact that Gunther is going to be your world heavyweight champion by year's end. I think so. But uh, Gunther versus Riddle could be one of the best matches you see all night. Unless the world heavyweight championship matchup between Seth freaking Rollins and Finn Balor lives up to the hype of their previous matchup for the world heavyweight title. Um, these are two of the absolute best wrestlers they have in the company. Rollins should retain, but Finn Balor is going to give him everything under the sun that he possibly can. And uh, like I said, I think Rollins is going to retain. Uh, and this is going to be a fantastic event. Can't wait to see it. Now, once again, without getting into AEW um, all their shows. We'll talk more about those next week. Um, but let's talk a little Forbidden Door, which was AEW and New Japan getting together to have a big crossover event, the same way that Ryzen and Bellator are having one in about a month. I admit, I thought it was this week. This, I thought it was this week, for one, but I thought it was this month. Um, but let's get into... Uh, the results. Now, Tom Lawler was supposed to face Adam Cole. Adam Cole got sick, had to pull out of the event. But uh, Tom Lawler with Royce Isaacs, who is one of the new New Japan uh, talents, defeated Serpentico. Thank you, Serpentico, for stepping in for Adam Cole. Uh, we knew he didn't have a chance to win this match. We knew Tom Lawler was going to win at that point. But, uh, hey, sometimes some of the best opportunities. Look at Eric Young. In TNA all the time, he happened to be the guy who was there when they needed somebody to step in, when Scott Hall missed flights and things like that, and he made the most of it and really jump-started his career. So, uh, Serpentico even having Luther down there and everything, good win for Tom Lawler, but thank you, Serpentico, for stepping up when when called. Uh, the Mogul Embassy of Swerve Strickland, Toa Leona, Leona, Brian Cage and Bishop Khan all defeated Chaos, otherwise known as Rocky Romero, Chucky Taylor, Trent Beretta, and El Desperado. The eight-man tag. That was a fun match. That's Those are four guys who, I mean five if you want to say Prince Nana on the outside. Those are five, those are nine guys who absolutely understand how to entertain in multi-man matches, and this was uh, about a 12-minute classic. These are all on the pre-show, by the way. The one was digital. Now we're on the pre-show. Uh, Alina, or uh, not Alina, Athena, you're returning Athena, defeated Billy Starks, who is a big up-and-coming young prospect on the indie scene. I hope they sign her to AEW soon, although, man, it's getting crowded. They're going to have to start letting some people go, and we'll see what happens there. But she defeated her in the opening tournament match of the Women's Owen Hart Cup. Seven. Almost eight minutes. Really good match. Uh, Athena's just that good, but Billy Starks is a name you should keep in mind. You're going to be seeing her very, very soon on a TV near you. Also on the pre-show, we had the pre- we got two more on the pre-show. El Fantasmo defeated Stu Grayson in a singles match. El Fantasmo, who has 
kind of turned over a new leaf, so to say. Uh, but he's become a, uh, a really, really good wrestler. Before, he was pretty solid. But uh, he is he is really, I like the new El Fantasma. We'll put it that way. I really like that. And uh, he gets the solid win here over Stu Grayson. Los Ignorables de Japón. I was known as Shingo Takaji Bushi and Hiroshima Takahashi that I'm a huge fan of. And Shingo and Bushi are really good. And Naito is the uh, leader ever since Sonata left to join, uh, what, just five guys and be the world champ. It worked out for Sonata. But uh, Los Ignorables de Japón. Defeated the United Empire of Jeff Cobb, Kyle Fletcher, and TJP. The other member of United Empire. There's a couple more. Uh, Kyle Fletcher's partner is uh, injured. So, uh, this, but this is Will Ospreay's group. Uh, really good six-man tag match. The same thing I said about the nine in that match before. Well, the six in this one. They wrestle all the time against each other, and they absolutely know how to put on a show. And in seven and a half minutes, it was non-stop. And uh, Kyle Fletcher, man, he, him and Takahashi, I would love to see those two just go straight up. I think it would be a great, great match. Now we get into the actual card. Let's see some of the matches. I'm going to kind of dance around and leave the bigger ones for the end. Okay. Uh, let's start there. MJF defended his AEW World Championship against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Tanahashi is the ace. He is like uh, the, uh, the Shawn Michaels, the Randy Orton of New Japan. Uh, he is always in the big high-profile matches. He always gives you the most solid, great wrestling performance of his life. And uh, he brought out some things in MJF that he uh, MJF had to dig deep. Keep that world title belt. 15 and a half minutes of, uh, of really, really good, solid wrestling. CM Punk defeated Satoshi Kojima to open up the men's Owen Hart Cup tournament first-round match. 13 minutes between the two of them. Uh, Punk is really starting to knock the rust off, and Kojima is still a legend. Orange Cassidy defended his AEW International Championship against Zack Sabre Jr., very underrated. Very underrated submissionist. He can put you in 14 holes in, in, in 14 seconds. It's crazy. Uh, Katsuria Shibata, who is one of the best strikers in the world. And Daniel Garcia, who is not a bad kind of rounded out MMA guy as well. But a good four-way match. Um, some really good fun moments between the four of them. But uh, you need Cassidy to keep it there. Eventually, the international championship will need to swap hands. Um, but for now, Orange is having a good run. Sonata with Doki defeated Jungle Boy Jack Perry with Hook. Not even the most exciting thing about this match. It was a really good match. I'm a big Sonata fan, big Jack Perry fan. Uh, really, really good matchup. Uh, Jack Perry proved that he is on that top level. He can hang with MJF. He can hang with the Sonatas of the world. Uh, most important thing of this match, though, it's top of the ramp. Jack Perry turned on Hook. Going to get Jack Perry finally dropping Jungle Boy and, and finally getting into uh, being a heel. I hope so. I, I think he could be a really good heel. Be just a snotty little brat. I think he could really do that. Uh, I look forward to what happens between Jack Perry and Hook going forward. But uh, good old Sonata. Like I said, I'm a big Sonata fan. So glad he's finally the world champ over there. He had to completely change himself up, not just the look, but uh, good for Sonata. And good for Doki. He gets to be on a big stage. Uh, the Elite, Hangman Adam Page, Matt Jackson, and Nick Jackson, along with Eddie Kingston and Tomohiro Ishii, defeated the Blackpool Combat Club of John Moxley, Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta, Claudio Castanoli, Konosuke Takeshita, and Shota Umino in a 10-man tag team match. Once again, 10 guys who know how to work. Uh, they really got to showcase... Um, Takeshita and Omina, and uh, just watching Nick and, and Matt Jackson work is, is incredible. Uh, good to see Hangman back. Good to see it. They, they, that eye damage is not permanent. 
and always good if you can see an Eddie Kingston match. Eddie has a unique moveset and mannerisms and then just his overall style. Eddie is, is, is a legend unto himself as well. Tony Storm, with the help of Ruby Soho and Soraya, defeated Willow Nightingale for the AEW Women's World Championship. That makes sense. Willow's been on a really big run, but uh, she's not quite there as far as the AEW audience on beating Tony Storm. Um, my guess is they will wait until Jamie Hayter returns, and that could be who takes it off of her, or it could be somebody else. We'll see. Um, Will Ospreay with Don Callis defeated Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. Yep, we saw a New Japan title change hands. Um, I think it's more because Kenny Omega is not going to be traveling to Japan as much, and Will Ospreay is more than capable of holding a title. Uh, those two just kill it every time they are there. It was almost 40 minutes. Was it 39-45? Yeah, producer Sassy telling me that. That's just just amazing, absolutely amazing. And uh, all 40 minutes, you're on the edge of your seat. You're glued to your seat. You're not going anywhere. There's no popcorn, no bathroom breaks, nothing like that. Just, man, Osprey Omega. It's hard to get any better than that right now. Um, Sting, Darby Allen, and Tatsuya Naito. I'm a big Naito fan here. Sting and Darby Allen, I really like too. But Naito, big Naito guy. Defeated Le Suzuki gods of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki. We're seeing Sammy slowly get away from Jericho. And um, I look forward to it because Sammy can stand on his own if, uh, if, if Ty was around. Uh, but obviously she's pregnant with his child, then uh, the two of them would be a power duo. But I think Sammy can more than, than hold his own as as a single singles competitor uh, until she does return. And uh, I look forward. I, I could see Sammy Guevara beating Orange Cassidy and taking the international belt. That that would that would be really good. And then lastly, I wasn't sure how they were going to book this match, but Brian Danielson gets the win over Kazuchika Okada. Uh, 28 minutes or so of just absolute gold. These are two of the best wrestlers on the planet. Danielson is a little dinged up, so you don't get to see him wrestle quite as much as probably he would like or that you would like to see him. But at the same time, he defeated Okada. doesn't matter how he defeated Okada. He defeated Okada. Uh, just, just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Um, but that wraps up Forbidden Door. We will look for, we will look for what they do going forward from, um, what they do going forward with AEW and New Japan. Um, because they really didn't do a lot of different things. I mean, Sonata, they did show this week that Sonata defended his title against Yoda uh, Tsuji, who kind of showed up out of nowhere, but uh, he used to be a young boy. He's a lot better now. He's really good. It, it was a decent match, uh, but good for Sonata to get another title defense under his belt or behind his belt. Um, let's go to NXT real quick. NXT Gold Rush it is part of a two-week event. Week number one saw Wesley defend the uh, in a, uh, was the North American Championship against Tyler Bate. Ali was the ref. Ali did play a part in it, but not in the outcome. Wesley defensive against Tyler Bate. Uh, it was a good match to open up. Wesley and his title run have been magical, and Tyler Bate is uh, a great opponent that matches up pretty well against West. So, um, they played up Thea Hale getting her title shot against Tiffany Stratton. Uh, next week for the belt, I don't think Thea Hale is going to beat Tiffany Stratton. I think Stratton is, is just going to enter her her the edge of her era right now. But uh, Thea Hale, really, now that she's added some of the work with Gulak and, and all that, um, I, I think I think she can uh, do some really, really good stuff. Uh, there was a number one contenders tag team match, uh, triple threat. Number one contenders, obviously, for the tag belts. 
believe they face off next week, too. And uh, Inalfe and Malik Blade ended up with the win over Briggs and Jensen and Hank and Tank. You should call their team that, by the way. Uh, Malik and Inalfe versus Gallus. Could be that could be sneaky good. I like it. I still think Gallus would, would probably retain, but uh, you know, I really like it. Uh, Cora took on Dana Brooke. It looked like Dana hurt her knee for real, and she got up and tried to finish the match and ended up playing into it. I don't know exactly how legit that that uh, knee injury was, but uh, the ref ended up stopping it and calling for the bell, so it didn't technically hurt Dana's uh, run so much uh, because she never tapped out. But uh, Corey needed a good win. Dana Brooke, being one of those people in NXT, I think is a good spot for him. We're going to see this uh, crazy story about Von Wagner, about how he had a bunch of surgeries on his face and his head as a kid. Um, I'm not sure where they're going with this, but uh, the Wagner and Stone stuff, pay attention to it. Because somewhere down the road, you're going to see maybe a good Von Wagner, and we'll see... Uh, if they could push him as a, uh, a good big guy. Stone, underrated manager. Um, Flash Legend. And uh, is it Dakara Jackson? I think is her name. I'm not sure. Or Cara Jackson, maybe. Uh, deleted. Uh, deleted. They defeated Faraz and Leon. Uh, they're called Meta Four, by the way. They're, they're a little group, and uh, we'll see what they do. It's, it's not a bad faction. Uh, Braun Breaker went up against Seth Rollins, Seth freaking Rollins, and uh, Rollins was able to retain, and then Finn Balor attacked him in the end to help promote their other stuff coming up. NXT, man, they they really setting up some fun stuff. And the fact that Braun could go toe-to-toe with Seth Rollins, it shows what they think of Braun and that uh, he's not quite on the level yet for him to, to be able to push hard, but his his matchup, like him versus Finn, would be really fun. Um, but uh, for now, I think he's in a good spot. Impact Wrestling. Myers in the good hands get a win over uh, Fulton, Callahan, and Chris, who are now their Ohio versus everyone again. Uh, good group. And then Moose come out. Moose had something to do with I don't know what he's got against Callahan, but uh, it's good to see Moose back on TV. He hadn't been doing much anyway. Um, Dirty Dango gets a win over Bupender Gujar. Not sure what that means. Santino did come out and drop Dirty Dango, so maybe we get a match between them at some point. Uh, Mike Bailey and Jonathan Gresham defeated Alan Angels and Khan with Diener out there at ringside when uh, Angels and Diener had a slight disagreement that cost them the match. Yeah, that little group, uh, the... I forgot what they call themselves now, but... I don't know. It's just kind of running its course because you're not the, the, the design. Like either Angels needs to be out and replace him with a different member or it just needs to blow up because it just it's not really going anywhere anymore. After after feuding with Callahan, Callahan loses the feud and still ends up doing better things. So there's not much going on there. Um, Taylor Wilde lost to Killer Kelly, and then Kylan King attacked her, and Masha Slamovich come to rescue her. It looks like Killer Kelly and Masha may start teaming up, which should scare the rest of the division because they will be tag champs in no time, and uh, there is nothing they will not do to not be tag champs, and that uh, it's a scary good team. I'm a big fan already. Um, Joe Hendry defended his title against Yuya Yumura. Kenny King and Sheldon Jean were down there at ringside. But uh, Hendry, man, I, I love that he's def- he's got that digital championship and he's doing some really, really good things with it. Um, what else am I missing? Bully and Macklin took on Kaz and Eddie in the main event. This uh, ended up being a cluster it make a lot of sense because Kaz and Eddie are not considered main event like title pursuers at the moment. And uh, Bully and Macklin 
are. And it was, I don't know, just, it didn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, I like Kaz, I like Eddie. They are main eventers in my opinion. But uh, Macklin and Bully are at the top of the pyramid currently. And it's just, it's just going to, you know, Scott DeMore is going to have a match where he's going to wrestle against them. And that's, that's just, I don't know, it's just what they're doing. I don't know why Scott wanted a match and why he wants it against Bully. And I really don't know. Doesn't really add up a lot, in my opinion. Um, what am I missing? Oh, we got to talk about WoW. We got to talk about WoW. Because uh, we had Reina Del Rey and Wrecking Ball, who are sisters, on screen and off screen. They took on Chantilly Cella, who is uh, a big-time, constant, and solid performer for, for uh, WoW Women of Wrestling. She's a WoW superstar. And uh, her on-again, off-again tag partner, Foxy Fierce, is, is pretty good, too. Uh, but Reina Del Rey and Wrecking Ball get, a, get the win. I don't know what that means. They're not pressing as a tag team. They just kind of like getting in these kind of brawls. Uh, this next match by far was my favorite because uh, BK Rhythm is one of my favorite performers in WoW. Um, I like, I think she's from New Orleans. She uh, likes to rap against her opponents and uh, pretty good raps. She's a good worker too. Uh, she took on Crystal Waters, who is half of a tag team. Uh, can't remember the exact name of the tag team. Spring Break Forever or 24, Spring Break 24-7 or something like that. But anyway, uh, it's Crystal Waters and uh, Sandy Shore, who are newcomers to WoW. And uh, Sandy Shore had a match later on. We'll get into that later. Uh, but BK Rhythm versus Crystal Waters, really, really good match. Probably probably the second best match, and it's only because the main event was actually quite good. We'll get into that. BK Rhythm gets the win. Good for her. She needed it there. Uh, and then that brought up, we have a new team. As Coach Campanelli uh, is now kind of semi-managing. She can still wrestles. She semi-manages Randy Rara and Ariel Sky, who have partnered up. So you have the cheerleader and the gymnast who have put together, I think they call themselves Team Spirit. I guess they drew it out of a hat or something. I'm not sure. But uh, they unfortunately, because of Camp uh, Campanelli, have a little snafu towards the end, and it cost them the match against Genesis and Ice Cold, who are very, very good performers. And then the main event, uh, definitely one of my favorites in WoW as well, Vicky Lynn McCoy. She is the enforcer of the uh, the Lana uh, Lana stable Lana star that has uh, four. She has the tag champs in Miami Sweet Heat. She has I forgot the world title holder, but uh, she has the world title. She has the tag titles, and then Vicky Lynn McCoy as the enforcer. And Vicky is great. She is one of the best wrestlers in WoW. I would, I will, I would stand in front of Congress until I'm out. Uh, but Vicky Lynn McCoy with Lana took on Sandy Shore. Sandy had some really, really good moments. Like there wasn't any bad moments in this. This was a really good worker and a really good powerhouse. And of course, Vicky Lynn McCoy ends up getting the win. She gets on the mic afterwards and says, "If you're going to come for any of Lana's." Stable, you got to go through her first, and uh, God bless you. God bless you. But uh, Sandy Shore and Crystal Waters, I would like to see some more or some tag matches, and if they want to keep them split a little bit too, they are really, really good. They are going to uh, intensify the action, and uh, the overall talent level definitely went up because uh, of their additions. Um. I think that gets to everything. So, appreciate you guys tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Remember, Money in the Bank is this Saturday at the O2 Arena in London. Make sure to check that out. And UFC Fight Night is also this weekend. Uh, PFL on break, Bellator on break for almost the same amount of time. 
but UFC has Sean Strickland. It's uh, what UFC Fight Night. Uh, Sean Strickland versus Abus Magomedov. That's going to be fun. And if that's not fun, Grant Dawson versus Demir Ismagulov. You guys are going to love that one. I uh, think that does it for us this week. Shout out to all you amazing people who listen and tune in each week and stop me on the street and talk to me about random wrestling and fighting. You guys don't realize how much fun that is. But, as I said, I am Jeremy the Impact York. This has been another great edition of Strong Style. Go watch wrestling. Go watch fighting. Deuces, gooses. <laughs>